everybody, and welcome back to the Chaluminati Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined today by Jesse and Alex. Jesse and Alex. That's all Just I got. Just two normal guys who look the same and sit <laughs> in the webcams next to each other. It's fantastic. I love that musical. I, I, if I sounded confused, because... Mm. Alex just said something kind of like, I'm a little nervous about what this episode's going to be about now. I mean, I you know what it's about, but like, wh- how do you how- know what it's about? If you paid attention to our text chat, I don't, don't worry. I don't at all. <laughs> don't worry about it. Hi, everybody. Hello. Yes, it is time. Real quick, I wanted to start with a special skit uh, oh that I prepared for us to read. Uh, so just to get, let's get that out of the way right now. I've written everybody's names in the script. So it's really easy. So you just read the lines that come after your name. Easy. Okay. Here we go. 2023. The devil's year. It was a December night in Los Angeles. December 3rd to be exact. Jesse was at the Telegram ballroom that night. Following a lead on a story. Mathis and Alex were supposed to meet him there. But when he walked on stage that night, mysteriously... The theater was totally empty, and he heard a voice. Jesse. Yeah. Who said that? Wait, no, wait. Why? I'm not supposed to say that, am I? Yes. I am? Oh, yeah? Who said that? Mathis, was that you? Jesse was confused. (laughs) It sounded like him, but he felt totally alone. Where were Mathis and Alex? Yes, Jesse, it's me, Mathis, caught on the other side of a mystery. A mystery that can only be solved if people come to the Terragram Ballroom in Los Angeles on December 3rd. Don't worry, baby. As sure as I'm Jesse Cox, you won't be trapped in there very long. I'm sure everyone's following the link in the description to buy tickets as we speak. I hope you're right. There's actually a bunch of special guests over here in the mystery realm right now. It's crazy. Wow. Sweet. It's, uh... Now, listener, it's up to you. Will Jesse solve? Wait, will Jesse ever resolve? <laughs> ever! Damn it! No! <laughs> will he ever resolve the mystery and get his friends out of the nether realm? Find out at the live show on December 3rd in Los Angeles at the Telegram Ballroom. Alex is mute because I needed Jesse to voice the narrator. Link in the show notes for tickets or find them on like you wrote it or find them on like Live Nation or Ticketmaster or whatever else. Merry Chillmas, everyone. And it's definitely Ticketmaster. Aw, cute. And there you have it. A perfect, perfectly realized vision. We sold out from that ad alone. Yeah, a perfectly realized creative vision. Thank you guys in advance for buying every last ticket. If they bought anything, I don't know what they put money down for. Come to the live show. Look, even if you're not going to be at the live show, buy a ticket to the live show. What? <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> S- buy a ticket and sponsor someone on the subreddit to go to the live show <laughs> they, in your stead. Oh, can we do? Can we do that? Like so a yeah. little program sponsor a redditor to the. T- I don't think that's. I don't think that's legal. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually not legal. It's not transferable. Oh, maybe right, don't do enough. that. <laughs> maybe don't, don't, do do that. don't do that. I don't, don't know do if you that. can or you can't. You know what? You do whatever you need to do. With that, folks, it's true. Welcome back to the dark and complex mythology of Alex episodes on the show and the crazy hints that I've been dropping about something involving the number eight as well as the letter H, uh, which I have not figured out yet, uh, which happens to be the le- eighth letter of the alphabet. Eight H, eighth letter of the alphabet. Don't know what I'm going to do with this yet. It's also about the next eight episodes I was going to do after the last JFK one. So that's a lot of eights and H's. So this is going that- into like 2027 is what you're saying. No, not. No. 
Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. We're almost we're almost halfway through. <laughs> we're done with being mysterious about the green stone for now. Uh since I sort of wrapped up that story for now. And now it's time to make guesses about this or whether there's even a mystery at all or whether I'm just making this up as I'm going along as it very much clearly what seems like. What a great like start. Yeah. This yeah. Is I love to just build up really compelling. Uh, it's about trust. Like it's about getting everybody on my side from the beginning. If this was about uh, okay. trust, I would have left this relationship a long time ago. If, if this is about trust, you got if, me three times that green stone. If you guys will remember the first hint that I gave. I would already be married to someone else. I would have kids with someone you, else. That's how it, long ago the breakup would have been. The green stone. I would have moved on. The green stone is a very good episode. If you'll remember the first hint that I gave. Only it was one episode. The Greenstone is one episode. If you listen, if you go back and listen, it's actually just one episode. If you'll remember, the first hint that I gave uh, for our first guest episode was the word hidden with someone Jesse and I knew who has since now become uh, someone Mathis knows and loves too, Michael Santel. Uh, and of course, hidden, the clue was in reference to the various alien conspiracies we talked about that week. Then the next hint was heavyweights, which was our weird wrestling enigmas episode with Gerard. And now we're on to clue number three, which is horse. That's that's today's clue, horse, and which, as you will see in just a moment, hints perfectly at the subject of today's episode, which is supposed to be the dark secrets of the Denver airport. Okay, so that's today's theme. Time, no, time out, time out, time out. Yeah, horse, which is supposed to be. And then you say the name of the episode. My question is, is that what we're doing? Is it the episode or was that what it was before we changed? All the information is on the task. Now, really quickly. No, it's not. Someone watching this episode right now or listening to this episode needs a title for it. How how are you being? What do we title this episode? There's never been one time when I said the title of an episode. And then when you go look at the title of that episode, that that is the title of that episode. Because the title you name your episodes are like SEO poison. I know. I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not, I don't expect anything different. How are different. you being more confusing than Santel? I've not I'm even not. known Santel that I, long. What is, I'm so this, lost. Did you, are you, are you on drugs, Alex? What, are you okay? Not in a way you should be concerned about. This is the dark secrets <laughs> of the Denver airport. Really quickly, let me just read all the clues one more time uh, about my own stupid bullshit really quick. So you can visit r slash Illuminati pod to go discuss your best guesses. And then I'll get on with things. I promise. Here we go. Number four. What is happening? Number four, head. Number five, hello. Number six, huge. Number seven, him again. Number eight, hero. It will eventually make sense, regardless of whether I have anything on my, up my sleeve right now or not, and that is a promise. I, and see, uh, then that's that trust you keep telling us we should have. You, have, you Alex? have to trust. Didn't the Greenstone finish? Didn't the Greenstone finish? Did it? Did it? D- no, I don't think it did. You said I'm not sure if it did either. We'll and this part, did. and then we just never came back to it. We've been, we've been, we've been back and forth on it. <laughs> I know. I said I'm done with the Greenstone in celebration of Project Eight. Uh, Resuming today, that's what I'm calling now Project 8. That's something I made up just now. Didn't write it in my outline, or did I? I'm also resuming uh, my coverage of the further adventures of Joe LaRosa and the Order of Meonia, 
in next week's mini-sode. So look out for that next week. Uh, it's going to be available as soon as the episode drops next week, just like all the other unreleased mini-sodes we've recorded in a giant Here treasure chest. All right, all right, all right. Patreon.com slash SolityPod. Wait, wait, wait. Where not only can you get mini-sodes, but also ad-free episodes, bespoke art from Studio Melectro, the greatest studio of all time, Great. early access to merch, early yes. episodes of our movie commentary show, Rotten awesome. Popcorn, where Mathis is currently losing his X-Files virginity one hour at a time, and more. Okay, now time out. Okay, time, time out. out, everyone. Yes. This is for the listeners at home. However you communicate with us, be it on social media or leaving comments under a video or whatever the case may be on Patreon, during this time, I would like you to pause this podcast and just send us a message about what you think this episode is about. Just right in this moment. What do you think this episode is? Let us know. Before we even get to it, just let us know. What do you think this episode's about? We were on a very clear path to a very clear destination, and then I felt like I looked to my right, and there was just like a wild man mooning me in the woods, and I had to go check it out out of curiosity, and I got lost. And I don't I know where guys, we're going I think anymore. you guys are going to feel foolish for doubting me. I, I felt like I went to LAX to get on an airport, or like get on a plane to go to Denver airport, yeah, you're and on plane, I fell asleep me. on the plane, and when I woke up, I was in Morocco. And I was like, well, how the hell did I get here? And I have no answers for you. That's what people trust me to do. You know what I mean? That's what I was talking about. Trust. Do, do, trust is a very, very, I don't know very if that's what trust is. Specific word. You're like the Jack Sparrow of podcasters. Like, ah, but you have heard of me. But you have <laughs> podcasted with me. It's so funny to see which of Alex's episodes are like the most popular because they're so fucking random. Like, they don't, none of them like have anything to do with each other. They're just, wild shit let's talk briefly about a man called benjamin f stapleton uh i do mean briefly uh because he really doesn't matter to this story but i figure all context <laughs> is good context uh so you guys can just we're just really starting on a very solid footing what do you mean it doesn't matter you guys just have to take what you can get okay shout outs to wikipedia i promise i fact checked this reasonably well benjamin f stapleton uh, was a man, uh, some would say a great man, some would say not at all. Uh, he did five terms as the mayor of Denver, Colorado, in the United States of America between the years of 1923 and 1947. He was the Democratic State Auditor of Colorado for two years, also during that time uh, from 33 uh, to 35 when he wasn't the mayor for a reason that will become very clear in a second. Uh, and he was a lawyer uh, and his interest in politics largely stemmed from the fact that he was a first sergeant in the Spanish-American War in the Philippines. And he helped found the VFW as a result, which, as we all know, is the Veterans of Foreign Wars group, which is kind of like a nice little org that helps people who have fought in wars it's good stuff we you know that's that's not debatable however uh this dude stapleton was also huge into the ku klux klan uh and he was a close friend of the colorado grand dragon which is if you don't know about the ku klux klan and why would you they, they tried to poison fantasy a little bit they named their officers things like grand Dragon, like the names of dildos today and uh john galen Locke is Dude, the name of that excellent. dildo and uh he won the and and john stapleton uh benjamin stapleton won the 1923 election uh thanks to their shitty like white supremacist support uh as clan member 1128 
THX one one two eight, and then uh, appointed <laughs> you like Universe one one two eight. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he appointed. And then once he got into office as the mayor, he appointed a bunch of Klansmen to government positions. Uh, and I know I said this is 1923, but 100 years later in 2023, it's crazy that that shit is still going down. Um, but uh, here is a little quote about that from the man uh, for Mathis to read. And I'm going to just drop that in the chat right now for him. And there you go. I have little to say except that I will work with the clan and for the clan in the coming election, heart and soul. And if I am reelected, I shall give the clan the kind of administration it wants. I'm not pleased that was my voice to say that clip. I, I was going to say, probably don't make a TikTok out of that part. <laughs> like, yeah, no, 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 I'll quickly scrub that. Eventually, though, uh, he got banished from the Klan uh, because he got whipped up into like an anti-crime platform and a raid that he like spearheaded accidentally exposed a bunch of Klansmen in the police who are like in leadership positions in the Klan and in the police. And it got them all fired because like, what are you going to do when you find out the police are in the Klan? And not like the police with Sting in it, which is a way cooler police. Yeah, uh, that's true. Now, you know what? That's true. That's crazy that you have that sort of cultural literacy about the police. I wouldn't expect it of you. I, one of my favorite, and I don't even listen to me. I don't even like music in general, like as a rule, <laughs> which you know is a I lot. Know, but he loves but the, police. the police. Are one of the ones that, like, for some reason, my brain was like, "They, I'm not, you like that?" He's like, <laughs> "I want to be an Exactly, dude. Exactly. Just because he got banished from the Ku Klux Klan, though, that does not mean that Stapleton was like tight or punk rock. <laughs> he was probably still a huge piece of shit. In fact, I'm going to say he definitely was. Uh, but he did do a bunch of crazy, like civic things for the city of Denver and the state of Colorado by definite. Like he created the Civic Center. Uh, he expanded the Denver Mountain Park system. He created the fucking, what's that big amphitheater called? Uh, Red Rocks, created Red Rocks. Uh, made the first Denver Municipal Airport um, and stuff like that. And so when they renamed that airport in 1944, they didn't have the internet to remind everyone that he was in the KKK all that time. So it made sense that they were able to rename that airport the Stapleton International Airport on August 25th of that year, 1944. Um, so that was how that was for a while. And this was um, kind of the deal in Denver in terms of airports. Um, for the next like 40 years or so, 45 years. Uh, but by the 80s, as Denver became a very busy travel hub, just because people were flying by the 80s, like normal, like just middle class, low, lower class families even flying. Um, you know, Denver is like right in the middle of the country. It's like pretty centralized. So, uh, you know, things, the pace went up at Stapleton and it kind of gradually tried to expand to match that demand, but things had gotten quite crappy as time had gone on. Um, things like as they built out the airport, they were getting more and more noise complaints from like people who lived near it that were like, this fucking sucks. It's way too loud. And uh, there's no more room uh, for them to expand runways for more destinations. Um, they can only accommodate however many flights. And there wasn't enough separation between the the runways, which was impacting like what is it called tower control, where they like have to like plan what time everything can go. Like the fact that the runways were so close together, even though they had enough runways, it just like made it hard to do things, especially in bad weather. And eventually, after an extended legal battle over the annexation of some land from the neighboring county, an investment project so large, 
I don't know if you've ever heard of this, an investment project so large that it officially classifies as something called a mega project was started. It lasted like over a decade, like a mega project, like to make something like, you know, Disneyland or a base or an airport, right? Uh, and after a few years of construction delays and uh, budget overages, some people say up to $3 billion over in budget, which some people use against this airport being an above board type of thing. Uh, that's not an accurate figure, though. Just that's a number that people have thrown out. Uh, the Denver International Airport was open for business 28 years ago or so on February 28th, 1995. So it's been around for a while. Um, today, uh, because it's so far away from stuff, because they don't want to bother anybody or anything like that, uh, it has a footprint of 52.4 square miles. Damn. That's fucking big. Uh, it is absolutely the largest airport in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, the only airport, it's the second biggest airport in the world the only one bigger is like way bigger it used to be an old uh air, air base uh and it's called the king fad airport international airport in saudi arabia uh insanely over 300 square miles so almost six times the size of denver airport which is crazy um but even in 2022 denver international had over 35,000 employees that's like a dodger game uh and was still the third busiest airport in the world so that's a lot of people in that place all yeah. the time. And like I said, it's a hub. So really there's a lot of flights and stuff like that. Um, and that brings us up to date as, as far as you need to know about what the fuck the deal is with the Denver international airport. It's not a long and short. There's like all kinds of other stuff that I could go into there, but you kind of get what's going on. You're up to date now. Um, so before we dive into the weird conspiracy stuff, uh, I just want to ask, was there a giant airport in Denver that stood in the name of white supremacy and a plan to install racist fascists into key positions to take over the government and the police? D did that happen at the airport? I mean, like Stapleton Airport is named after this guy who was a white supremacist. And I put mean, we name we name stuff after people all the time that we probably shouldn't. So that's the thing that people say about the Denver airport all the time. And I'm saying, was there an airport in Denver that was? kind of built on kkk stuff and you know yeah there kind of was if you look at it in a certain way that's where we're going with this it's worth mentioning i think that in 2020 the neighborhood of stapleton that was built in place of the old airport like where it was uh it was called stapleton when they when they in, in the 90s when they built the uh new airport far away and and turned it into residences uh they renamed it central park in the wake of the uh, george floyd protests because everybody was like, dude, Stapleton was like a fucking white supremacist. So why are we naming our fucking town after him? We named it in the 90s. Let's name that shit something different. So I don't know if you think that, but I feel like the people who lived there were enough moved by this guy's shitty legacy to to remove his name. So say 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 what you will. Um, but let's get to the weirdness now, uh, which is mostly going to be based off the excellent article on mental floss about the Denver airport by Kate Erbland. Uh, but also in parts, I'll be referencing a Denver Post article by John Wenzel, a Business Insider piece by Monica Humphreys, and a Reddit post by user Nick Hinton with three N's and three threes at the end. Uh, some of this is trustworthy. Some of it is less trustworthy. Use your good sense to guide you. I am a comedian, not a professor of airport history. Thank you. Thank you for it. Let's do it. Um, also, 
I almost forgot the key thing about this episode, which is that we are going to be rating every one of these con- conspiracy theories uh, on a scale of one to five okay. um, eyeball pyramid things. What are those called? What are we talking about? Eyeball, what? what are those things? You know, like the like the Illuminati. Oh, I know. Oh, I know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah. Are they, what are they called? At the top of them. What oh, are they? Yeah, what are yeah, they yeah. called? They are. I don't know. Called something. What are they? I don't know called. what they're called. Eye of Judgment. PS3? I think that's what they're called. All right. But we're going to go one to five on those eyeball pyramids. We're going to call them Chiluminachos. We're going to call them Chiluminachos. Chiluminachos, uh, right? Yeah. A Chiluminacho. It's I dipped. give that name five Chiluminachos. Yeah. It's uh, I got the in name. The eye I looked of it up. Do you want the name? Okay. Yeah. Nope, it's it Chiluminachos. <laughs> Don't ruin this. <laughs> the Eye of Providence. The Eye of Providence. I'm no, going with Chiluminachos is better. Chiluminachos. Um, all right, so let's go to the first thing. Let's talk we need to about get people making the Illuminati sign at events, but then shouting Chiluminachos because, like, that's way cooler. And then the <laughs> Illuminati is going to be like, they co opted our stuff. We should definitely invite them, and then we control the world. Their reputation is for friendliness. <laughs> first off, uh, let's talk about that horse clue I was talking about earlier. I told you it was going to make sense later. The time for it to make sense is now. As I reveal that the horse in question is actually a 32-foot-tall cast fiberglass sculpture by artist Luis Jimenez called Mustang or Blue Mustang, depends on where you look, uh, which stands near the airport entrance. Uh, Here's a quote about it from the official site, uh, which I'm going to have Jesse read, and then I will send you guys a picture so you can see if this thing matches your expectations. So first, here is the quote for Jesse to read. Jimenez's characteristic style references the grandeur of the Mexican muralists, the energy of the Southwest, and the bright colors he experienced as a youth in his father's sign-making company. Jimenez's vivid painting, uh, vivid paint, excuse me, unique surface treatments and method of exaggeration have influenced many young artists who are emerging in the galleries of Los Angeles and New York in the styles that are known as lowbrow and urban art. Okay, so here now is a link to that same page with a quote and a picture, and you tell me if this this thing matches what you imagined. Uh, and yes, uh, to answer your first question, Mathis, uh, once you click that open, yes. yes, that is a big blue horse up on its hind legs with a hard veiny dick. Uh, I was gonna so ask. Can... I was gonna ask if if that was a purposefully hard veiny dick, but like, looks like it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the whole horse is pretty veiny. Yeah, it's a it's a fairly veiny horse in general. It's thirty two feet tall. Like I said, it's rearing up on its hind legs. It, would you say it looks friendly or well, well, how would you demonic is the word I would yeah, use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would avoid it on the sidewalk. Yeah, so you can see why so many people call this thing a uh, Blucifer, even though it's called Mustang. Or <laughs> I Blue love Mustang. that so much. Yeah. A lot of people call this thing Blucifer, uh, or at least that's one of the reasons people call it Blucifer. Because here is a picture of Mustang at night. And uh, for the listeners at home. Yeah, that's not welcoming. Yeah. That is just a giant the, uh, blue horse with a big glowing red eye now. I will yeah. say for the for, for the purposes of art, based on like their description of the energy of the Southwest and bright colors, it does have that. Except oh, yeah. it does look l- absolutely like a demonic horse. I'm here for it. I love this thing. Yeah, it has glowing. It has bright brightly lit glowing red eyes that like shine out into the darkness. Yeah. Uh, and, and now that you know that it, it's, it's probably a good time to tell you that in addition to being thought of as a reference to like the pale horse of death or the ashen horse of death uh, from the book of revelations in the Bible, 
Uh, many people think of the statue as cursed because in 2006, before it was fully complete, the artist, Luis Jimenez, was working on the thing at his studio in New Mexico when one of three big sections of it, quote, came loose from a hoist, pinning him against the steel beam support and severing an artery in his leg, according to the Denver Post, where he eventually bled to death since he was so far away from the nearest hospital out where he was in Hondo, Lincoln County uh, in New Mexico, which is like fucking remote. So eventually, yeah, this thing, this thing killed its creator. Eventually, his kids teamed up together and finished the statue for construction. Uh, but apparently the eyes were already part of the design before it killed him and really were only meant as a tribute to the artist's father, Luis Jimenez, who, like it said, ran a neon sign shop. Uh, and that's why the eyes are bright red. And in fact, here is a quote about that uh, for Mathis to read from the Denver International Airport's uh, Director of Arts and Public Events, Heather Kaufman. It's a pretty short little quote. Hindsight's twenty twenty because it really could have been any color of neon. Yeah. So the the red is not even really that important uh, to the to the larger story. Uh, but the thing is scary. It weighs nine thousand pounds. It killed its creator by bloodletting. <laughs> but it's less a symbol of death and fear and more of a beautiful blue and red wild horse in Colorado colors, meant to capture the unbridled spirit of the state of the Southwest and honor the connections between family and culture, or at least that's what they want you to think. So how many Chiluminachos for Blucifer? One to five Chiluminachos. What do we think? Mathis, final answer. How many Chiluminachos for Blucifer? I'm going with like two. (laughs) Two out of five. What's your reasoning? Uh, It's spooky. It's scary, but I'm not entirely sure it's like anything more than just weird art. It killed the guy accidentally. I'm sure it wasn't like... You don't think that's... Do you think he's more or less haunted than Harold? Oh, everything's less haunted than Harold. He's less... Harold is like a one, maybe. I see. Everything's less haunted than Harold. Listen, you gave me Harold's history. His history contradicts itself. So I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty confident Harold might not be haunted. I still won't take okay. the tape off his mouth because I'm not stupid. But just in case. So he still believes in it, but he's, he doesn't <laughs> think it's real. Jesse, Chaluminacho rating on Blucifer. Now, are we allowed to also rate based on more than just, is it spooky? Can we like... Chaluminacho rating is like a very open rating. You just have to justify Five out of five (laughs) Chaluminacho. Okay. It looks terrifying. Yeah. It has red eyes. It killed its creator. It's basically every robot that ever existed. And they still put it up. His children had to finish it after it murdered the man, which is dark. And then it is this like creepy rider, this blue giant dick poking out of the ground. <laughs> it's like Dr. Manhattan, the horse. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely here for it. That's a, that's a five out of five. I buy with that. Okay. Five out of five, two, two out of five. That's, that's a, that's a good split. I like that. Yeah. The Denver airport's kind of fun. Uh, up next, next, next theory we're going to cover today. Uh, we're going to go back to one of the big things that I said was wrong uh, with Stapleton as time went on, the Stapleton Airport, uh, not the white supremacy of the man, but just the logistical problems of the airport, uh, which is that the runways got really crowded. Uh, and that was mostly because the airport was expanded gradually, like I said, over time, which really made it hard to plan ahead with the design. And it left parallel runways that were too close together for pl- uh, airplanes to fly safely next to each other in bad weather really slowed down the rate at which flights could land from 80 flights an hour to 36 an hour, which is less than half, which sucks. Uh, and with, in a place like Denver, 
bad weather is like 150 days a year. So you can't like the amount of unpredictability that adds to your numbers is like insane. So that's not good. Um, and Denver International Airport, like I said, is huge. And because they were able to plan it out uh, as one big mega project, it doesn't have this problem. Uh, but I want to show you a picture of it from above really quick. And let me know if you notice anything strange. I'm so ready for this. What kind of weird? <laughs> okay. All right. That's a stretch. That's a big stretch. I, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So what's the, what's the stretch? And for the people at home, what's the stretch? The image is the most bootleg swastika there ever was. It's a top heavy swastika. It's not, it's not great. You don't think that in building this, they were like, well, we're Nazis. The people who are no, making this. No. I absolutely do not. We would need to see what was the original construction. What was the original construction like? Because you build more runways over time. This this is this is basically how it. Well, this is how it basically looks because this airport got to be built at like full size in the middle of nowhere. Okay, so this is this is how it was designed. But again, terrible. If you're, I mean, look. Some people might tell you it's because it's a windy place and that you might need to fly out from many different directions and have options because. Uh, you know, that's just the nature of flying out of Denver. Because like I said, it's 150 days a year of bad weather. Maybe that's why there's runways running in every which direction. It could be like the secret swastika runway system. If there weren't other runways, they just chose not to highlight as being part of the airport. You know what I mean? Well, these are the main these are the main runways, right? I don't know. The other there's one that looks pretty main. It's bigger than all the other ones combined. They all kind of I mean even if you look at them all together, they all kind of look like a big chunky. This is, this is a this is a negative five out of five. <laughs> negative five chillamanachos. This is this is this is trash tier F rank. I'm gonna also go like a one. It's pretty pretty coincidental. The run the run wasticas. The run coincidental is situation. Not, it's 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 less a swastika and more partial pieces of a Tetris game. Like we're really zoomed in on a Tetrominos. <laughs> I'm saying run wasticas. You're saying Tetrominos. I'm just saying it. It someone. I bet I could go to any city in the world and make a swastika as shitty as this one out of a map. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Shit. Fair enough. Goddamn. Shit. Uh, all right. Uh, no, that one's fine. That one. That one. Here, you know what? I expected this. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Because on its own. It's probably just some kind of unfortunate coincidence nobody was thinking about, and we probably shouldn't give too much credence. It's not even that much. Of a, it's not even, it is just a bunch of random marks that, like, one side is way too big, one side is way too small, one side is a rectangle. Like, it is nonsense. But it's the spirit. It's the spirit of it. It's the spirit of it. These murals were moved into storage. In 2018, I'm not 100% sure if they're back up or they're coming back up once the Great Hall construction is completed at the airport. So maybe somebody local can like check for me and report back on the subreddit or something if you want. Last I can see on the official website, they are in storage. Uh, but these murals are by an artist called Leo Tanguma, and they've been there forever. Uh, the first one is called Children of the World Dream of Peace, and it looks like this. So check that one out. Give everybody a little... Breakdown on that there. It's a bunch of kids from all different countries, all different ethnicities with a, uh, uh, with a opening a book. Is that what I'm looking at here? It's hard to see because the picture is kind of small. I don't know what that middle is. So it's a bunch. Yeah, it's a bunch. It's like a rainbow. So there's a rainbow across the top of the mural that kind of 
wipes around to the left and then comes down underneath. And then there is a, all the kids in the middle that say like peace and all that stuff. And it's all the flags of the world. And all these kids are very excited. And they're like coming towards something in the middle. And on the bottom le- uh, right is a pedestal that says war, violence, hate, I think. Yeah, something like that. And at one point in time, there was something on it which looks to be fallen over now. And there, it's probably like a dictator or something. I can't really tell from here. And then there's two. There's a lot going on. Yeah. There's two doves in the middle. And then something beyond the doves that the kids are trying to get to. It's really hard to tell. I'll be honest. If you click on the images, they show you the entirety of the mural. So that's the thing that I was gonna that I was gonna get to in just a minute here. Okay. Which is if you go to this, if you go to this site here, other one, this site right here, this last site that I posted, you can get all kinds of details on the mural. And the second mural that I told you, they show on the official airport website one portion of it, and you guys saw that portion, right? It's like a sort of not that scary portion but if you scroll all the way down uh to the bottom of the last page that i gave you and you check out some of the the later images in that gallery you can see that they are weirdly fascist there's like fascist imagery there's like a warrior who looks kind of nazi-esque there's some wild stuff going on you guys can describe it to the audience. Well, the one you sent us first with the in peace with nature and harmony or whatever is just fucking weird because, and they're all around what looks like a dead leopard. Um, and they don't, they all look horrified. Then there's either a bull's, uh, uh, a bison's head coming out of like a portal in the tree, or that's a mounted bison head. In the background, a wall of some sort is on fire while a bird protects itself with some sort of portal or shield spell. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Like, there's Nazism themes. There's like death, genocide. There's like vi- like New World Order government vibes in there. So yeah. the image that I'm looking at, I don't. Uh, this is all perspective again. This one yeah. is like so the in, in peace and harmony. The the nature one, the one that's that's smaller than the others. Mathis is right that there's a mounted buffalo head and there, but there's also a bunch of animals that are like um. In uh, glass containers, like they would be stuffed. Um, and then in the background, a forest is on fire. And uh, there's a bunch of dead people in the front. And, uh, you know, like a turtle caught in a net. And it, it's essentially a take on humanity's role in destroying the environment is what this is. Yeah. You can see yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the small children crying. Uh, it's it's a little much, I think, for an airport, but like especially something yeah. called it's peace art. and harmony with nature. Yeah, there's a Nazi in a gas mask. He's like slicing the dove of Christianity and peace. Where do you see that? That's a, a later you, piece of art. Uh, if you if you follow that last link, you can see the like extra panel of the mural uh, at, down at the bottom, and there's like this big Nazi sort of Darth Vader looking guy who's slicing the dove of peace. Yeah. Oh, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first. This is the first one. The children. Of the world dream peace. Yeah. It, well, it's actually all, it's all. Well, of this yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. So in the middle, that thing that we couldn't make out, what it is, is it's the statue that was on the uh, bottom right. And it's been, to- it's been toppled over by the kids is what this is showing. Yeah. And if that is a Nazi looking dude, then that's them saying like, F this guy. And you can see. The problem is that it goes right to left, which a lot of people don't understand. People think it goes left to right and it leads to 
Nazi Darth Vader, but it actually starts with him, and then we like rebuild out of the chaos and topple him. I down. thought it was the rainbow is what pulls him down. So the rainbow are the kids because even yeah, one of the no, kids exactly on the is. scene is the yellow of the rainbow. And it's all these yeah. kids that have toppled it over. So the rainbow is starting from right top and moving down to the bottom and they're yanking it down. And then Well, it's the pat what, what I mean is the panels. The panels go right to left. Uh the the first panel is like its own mural and then you go to the left and then it's like the rainbow continues because you see if you look at the uh if yes. you look at the, yes, the, I see that the like yeah the rainbow like goes off to the other mural and then goes like that way um but here is a quote uh like obviously like you guys are all saying we this is an audio podcast you can't really see how weird like and kind of disturbing the imagery is it kind of has just like a sickly look to it in a way yeah i think it's just a it looks really neat and it's really like affecting art but it's also like extremely kind of like bold and powerful and i think that some people in an airport might be freaked out by that especially because there's like kids in coffins and shit and some of this stuff and like there's even like a letter people are saying is like from a kid at auschwitz or something like that in the corner um but here's actually a quote from the artist for jesse to read about this work here i have children sleeping amid the debris of war and this warmonger is killing the dove of peace but the kids are dreaming of something better in the future and their little dreams goes behind the general and continues behind this group of people. And the kids are dreaming that peace will happen someday. See how the little dream becomes something really beautiful? That someday the nations of the world will abandon war and come together. I mean, that's exactly my read on the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and actually, uh, Leo Tenguma and his family are actually like troubled by the fact that so many people read conspiracy theories into his work. And in fact, uh, here's a quote about that from uh, Leo's daughter, Darlena, from Mathis to read right here. I think rumors like the airport conspiracies and the mural conspiracies, they really seek to destroy the human connection, the human spirit. But I want to create artwork that will bring us together. Yeah. Um, so if you want to read more about that and how they're making that art right now and stuff, uh, there's a great Rocky Mountain PBS piece on them and the effect of these conspiracy theories that sometimes form. Uh, around art like this, uh, not just at the Denver airport, but all over the place. I'll link that in the chat right now. That can go in the show notes. What's fascinating about this is I absolutely understand it's a double-edged sword because if this would have been just a mural, and I know we've all seen murals like this, be it at a gallery or most importantly, like in an airport or the outside of a building, right? And it's like, yes, peace and love, man. And it says there's no statement. It, it doesn't affect you. Yeah. yeah. And you see it and you're like, yeah, okay. And you keep moving. This is done in a way that affects you because it is jarring and it makes mm -hmm. you think about it longer than just, and that's what good art should do in the end is there's something in it where you're like, this touched me. And I think that's the difference between like artwork and like works of art, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I vibe with that hard. Yeah. But now we got to talk about Chaluminachos. Hell yeah. How many Chaluminachos do you guys give to these uh, New World Order uh, conspiracy murals? This, I think, is a solid two because it maybe 2.5. It's right down the middle. I don't think the intention was to be a real thing, but the fact that it's so jarring to some people that the way their brain has to rationalize it is it's conspiracy as a solid 2.5 saluminachos i'm uh 
I was going to say three for very, very similar reasons. I don't know how you make this. I, it, it stopped, you know, it made me think, but I don't know how you make this and not be yeah. like, and how and still be surprised that people saw that and were like, something's off about that art. It's pretty well, think, fucking weird. Think it, it, it looks weird. Let's be it real. Is. It looks weird. But I think it's yeah. designed to look yes. weird, right? It's 100%. It's yeah. designed to catch Just your like attention. The horse. There's children crying. Like, it's supposed to shock you, much like when you see all the other terrible things that happen in the world. You're supposed to feel like a visceral reaction, except it, like, leads to what is supposed to be the, the future, right? Is what it's trying yeah. to do. But the problem is, depending on how you're walking, what you see, what, like, it doesn't, it isn't, it's on a corner. So. You may not see 90% of it, <laughs> in which case right, at that exactly. point, you're like, what the hell was that? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I totally exactly. get it. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you've been to Denver, uh, but Denver is just kind of weird in general. Like that's the vibe of Denver. It's a weird place. It's interesting. I've never been. It's a, it's an interesting zone over in Denver. Um, okay. So wait, how, how many Chilomenachos do you give it, Mathis? Three. I would give it three. Three, two and a half and three. That's good. You guys are kind of together on that one. That's the end of. The children of the world dream of peace. Now we're going to move on to the next one. So, okay. Like many grand buildings, the Denver airport has a dedication stone. And as with many uh, man-made stone things, there's tons of Masonic and Illuminati imagery all over it, like compasses and the little, you know, the, you know, you know, the ones that I'm talking about. Sure. Uh, Here's an image for you uh, to check out uh, that has some detail on the plaque. Uh, that you guys can look at and uh, describe to people. Yeah, the plaque is what you would kind of imagine any sort of uh, Ten Commandments esque plaque to be, and it says Denver International Airport, and then a bunch of you know like the mayor. I assume the time the plaque was made in '94, and then um, it is a bunch of quotes, and then it definitely has a Mason symbol. On it. Yeah, that's yeah, the big Mason symbol is what I, you know, catches my eye. Yeah, and right there under the date uh, in that image, again, is the phrase, the New World Airport Commission, um, which, according to the airport's own website, is a little strange. Uh, and Jesse's going to read a quote about that for you now. Here we go. A dedication marker and plaques around the airport claim it was funded by the New World Airport Commission. Never heard of them? Don't feel left out. It seems no one has. After some digging, it was discovered that no such group exists. Not now. Not when the airport was built. Not ever. So rather than writing it off as nothing, people have jumped to the conclusion that it was actually a group within the New World Order. Sketchy, sketchy. And I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but the Denver airport themselves actually kind of like leans in. To the weirdness vibe nowadays. Oh, they love it. It's part yeah, of the I mean, PR. It's definitely yeah. going to be. If you're a smart PR yeah. person, you're going to lean into that. <laughs> so that's kind of how it is now on their website. They kind of like have good information. Uh, along with this marker is a time capsule that's meant to be open in 2094, like I said. Uh, it strangely has a credit card inside, which is weird. And according to their official site, uh, the theory goes on to say that not only did the uh, Secret Society build the thing, but that they're headquartered there too. And here's a quote about that for Mathis to read. Additionally, the airport building costs were more expensive than originally thought. Theorists believe this money went to the building headquarters, and rumor has it they screwed up the first few buildings, and instead of getting rid of them, they buried them and built on top of them to make one super cool, super secret underground layer. Thank you to Aura Frames for sponsoring today's podcast. It's that time of year for gift gifting, man. Everybody loves to find a very unique gift. You want to make your mom or your dad or that special someone 
just kind of like look at your gift and go, aw, I love this. Instead of going, ooh, another gift card, add it to the pile. And you know what's a really fun gift you can get somebody this year? You know, instead of another gift card that she won't use, a digital picture frame from Aura Frames. It's really the gift that keeps on giving because you can always keep her up to date or whoever, your mom, whoever, up to date with new pictures. And I've had an Aura Frame now for over a year and I love it. I'm, and I say that with a little surprise because I was excited. I always wanted a digital frame, but I didn't know if it would I like, I'd like it or if maybe I'd love it or maybe I just wouldn't care. But no, it's amazing. I love that thing. The picture quality is incredible. It truly just looks like a picture frame sitting on my desk and is as a, you can set up how the photos cycle through. And with an app, you can actually just upload or remove photos from the picture frame. And when the lights go off, the frame itself just turns off. It just detects the light, turns itself off. So it's not this giant bright neon picture frame in the pitch dark. I actually just gave my dad one recently and I got my mom one last year. I love this thing. It's so cool. It's where technology and just home decor really merge really well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame, and you can upload as many photos as you want. And your mom or whoever can pick out the perfect one. This thing was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, the strategist in Wired, and I can see why. And from now through Black Friday and Cyber Monday, visit AuraFrames.com and get $40 off their best-selling Carver matte frame with the code CHILL. This is their best deal of the year, so get yours now. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com with promo code CHILL. Terms and conditions apply. So this claim seemed crazy to me at first, uh, but I did a little Googling to see if anyone else mentioned anything like it in any sort of like legitimate forum. Mm -hmm. And I actually found a short piece in New York Magazine uh, from 2013 by Hua Su. Uh, which Jesse is going to read a quote from right now, uh, just to legitimize this theory a little bit more. There are reasonable explanations for all these strange things you can see on your layover, but the most chilling theories always presume that the all-powerful villain taunts us by hiding his horrible truths in plain sight. A whistleblowing construction worker alleged that the project was delayed because at least five Multi-story buildings were completed and then mysteriously buried underneath the airport. He and others also testified to the existence of a complex network of underground tunnels. In 2007, the windshields of 13 planes cracked while at Denver Airport, an unprecedented number that couldn't be explained by the weather or uh, uh, off-course birds. Was this evidence of a nearby testing facility or electromagnetic weapons lab? And where do you think President Barack Obama waited out the comet Elnin when it neared? What am I reading? <laughs> and narrowly missed Earth in 2011, Denver. So, you know, the, 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 the theories have been around, and this is New York Magazine substantiating a story that a construction worker whistleblower said that an entire complex of buildings was buried beneath the airport. Now, you know. Now, I just first, complex buildings, I can totally believe that they built in denver it's in it's up high there are mountains you can securely build a facility i could believe that they would build like yo this is our end of the world facility like i, I can believe it here's the problem i have with all of this yeah all right as we all know based on alex's starting point he said one this place built by racists potentially racists yeah. And some broke ass swastika. Well, the previous, the previous denver airport sure sure sure, like, sure sure or named after a racist but like you know uh, broke ass swastika. Like, is it like what's going on here? But then, on the exact same flip side, we are being told that this is New World Order 
which has some very big, like, uh, you know, like QAnon, not just QAnon, but like the, the protocols of the elders of Zion vibes, like, you know, a little, yes. a little like, so it's, it is both created by the people who would hate the Masons and also the Masons. Does that make any sense? Like it is. Yeah. It, it it's makes, starting to become some, some lichen biz. It's yeah, it's to get totally. A uh, if you think about it, like most conspiracies, it is like, wait a minute. It can't be both these things unless the conspiracy is like, but what if they teamed up? That's kind of the issue, though, actually, like, legit, like, most of the other stuff that there is about this, and really, right, like, my goal is to, so by the end of this episode, you guys are understanding of what I mean when I say the conspiracy theories about the Denver airport, because I am giving you, like, the overview and the deepest dive that we possibly can go into this without, like, starting to just theorycraft ourselves, right? And beyond this, the things that I've covered so far, uh, there's a lot of less congealed elements of a lot of these theories uh as well stuff like reptilians actually being the ones living down there uh, under the airport or something to do with alien research or craft storage uh or the suitcase gargoyles uh by baggage claim being some kind of demonic omen even though really they're probably just a play on what regular gargoyles do which is like protect people or in this case luggage uh from bad vibes here's a picture of one of those uh luggage gargoyles if you want to see it really quick you can describe it to the people it's literally a gargoyle sitting yep. in a suitcase and it looks exactly <laughs> like you would imagine it's carved from stone the gargoyles like oh man my my luggage got stolen yeah he's it's it's literally like a classical gargoyle sitting in a suitcase all carved from stone uh <clears throat> and here's a quote uh from that reddit post uh by nick hinton with three n's and three threes in it that kind of gives a broader idea of the kind of thinking going on in the heads of people that are in the Denver airport conspiracy fandom about the types of things going on. I'll read this one myself for you guys. Uh, One of my father's friends who is a Freemason even told me he worked on them. He helped my dad run a youth football league. And I remember he wasn't able to coach with him for about a month. Some say during DIA's construction buildings, they decided they didn't want to use anymore were buried rather than simply destroyed. However, I haven't been able to find any sources backing this up, although I didn't really look that hard. But if it is true, why would they do this? There's also claims that the airport could double as a hospital in a time of crisis. Some speculate that these tiles, which say AUAG, are not really talking about gold and silver, but actually Australian antigen, the hepatitis B virus. Uh, And if you want to see... The tiles from the quote that I just okay. mentioned, here they are. You tell me if they mean gold and silver or the Australian antigen. That, that's gold and silver. I mean, let's be very clear. It isn't cart. just a tile that says A-U-A-G. Yeah. It is very clearly a mine cart. <laughs> like, it is. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're mining that good hepatitis, like, there's no way. Yeah. So, that's the, it becomes kind of a stretch beyond what I've given you, is my point. Uh, but before we move on to the second part of the show... Uh, let's rate the idea of the Denver airport being the New World Order headquarters from one to five uh, Chiluminachos, please. Just like the swastika, this is a negative five Chiluminachos. <laughs> it can't, you can't have it both ways. It can't be both a place where racists hang out and a place where people are like, I am here to destroy everything those racists love. Like, it can't be both those things. So... Uh, it's, 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 an, if anything, this episode is great for one thing, 
a lot of the Denver airport stuff, I was like, I mean, I could kind of buy it. That's neat. And now that we're digging into it, I'm like, nah, it's all bullshit. So this is actually very <laughs> good for me. It's not, yeah. It's not that it's it that's kind of the that's kind of the vibe. Uh so what about you, Mathis? I, that's I don't know, man. Like a, a one. One nacho? It's a one nacho for that thing, dude. It's not even questionable. You don't give it any credence? No, it's a minecart, homie. That's fair. It literally you know is what? a minecart. <laughs> like, you gotta be real off the rails if you're like, That's hold fair. on, but those yeah, two wheels, yeah. what could those symbols mean? Like, what do you... That's fair. These lines That's are fair. at an angle that is the exact same angle JFK was assassinated at. Oh my like, God. it's just nonsense. Yeah. So, there you have it. That's the long, the length and the breadth of this. You now have the basics of the Denver airport out of the way. I'm ready to reveal... That personally, I give the Denver airport maybe two out of five Chiluminachos overall, maybe one, uh, but two just because you can really never underestimate the insane stupidity of confident rich people with no one to tell them no. You don't know what they're going to do next. They may have some sort of weird apocalypse bunker at the Denver airport. I don't think it has any designs on taking over the government. No way, no way. But maybe you can actually make some chulaminachos. I mean, there. if if this if you're stuck under there. If the real thing here is that that there's 100 percent something going on underneath there, like there's photos and confirmation, all sorts of stuff. I just think it's well, mu- they have like luggage tunnels and stuff like that all under the entire yeah. airport, and it's really efficient. So there are tunnels. It's I just not don't think it's crazy like crazy to say this is where the alien government lives. You know, I don't think yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. far. <laughs> It's 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 more like you can, you're not there and it seems mysterious it, rather than that there's like a lot of evidence pointing to spooky things. And the only person we have to rely on is the same guy whose uncle works at Nintendo and gives us all the leaks about new games. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that guy, uh, for part two, I shot over to Reddit and I found two kind of wild posts. I wanted to go over in a little more detail just because I thought they were particularly fun. Thought it would kind of freshen up the tale of the Denver airport a little bit uh, oh. in the zeitgeist, I guess. I don't know. Again, I'm a comedian, not a professor of eyeball pyramids uh, or whatever they're called. Isaac Providence. Chilmanachos. Yeah, Chilmanachos. First one is for Mathis to read. It's from the Reddit user Who. Pretty wild little tale. Uh, just go ahead and read this Reddit post like a listener story. To be, uh, this is by, yeah, Who. They start by saying, this is a third hand account. I was not there. I did not know the person that had this experience, but I did work with his SO who told this to me. I have no proof. I've never been to the area, but knowing and working with his SO when she told me of this account, she was physically shaking, shaken, telling me my health is changing and I'm wanting to get my experiences out there so someone may find use for them. I was told this about 1991. I was the charge RN of an AIDS HIV 55 bed inpatient unit. One of our nurses had moved to uh, one of our nurses had moved to town from Denver, Colorado and was employed at our facility. Over time, we became friends and talked about our lives. I could tell she was wanting to tell me something for a long time, but I never pushed her. I let her open up when she was ready. I had no interest in UFOs at all, but working in this, this facility, we, had, we all had spirit encounters. The building we were in was an old nursing home, so speaking of things we saw there was common with all of the staff. She told me what had happened to her boyfriend in Denver one day, and again and again over time. She was so disturbed about it. He did some type of construction work. At the time, this would have been 1980s, late 1980s. He was working under where the Denver airport would have been at the time. One night, he came home shaken and told her he got in big trouble at work. He was working in a section which he was not allowed to roam around, but a designated areas he could only be in and there was security around to make sure. 
That day, security was lax, and he wandered uh, and he wandered down some hallways, finding other hallways that were huge, wide, and tall. The doors in the hallways were very tall, unusually tall, with high door handles, and were difficult to open. One door was slightly open, and he went in. It was a restroom. Rows of stalls, like any restroom, except the toilets were six feet tall, white porcelain, like a regular toilet, but massive in size. He could not see the top of the toilet. Across from the stalls was a table, and he had to get against the opposite wall to see what was on it. There were large faucets and handles. It was a washing sink, no mirror on the wall. Security suddenly came in and got him taken back to his designated area and lectured him. He uh, he knew he was not to leave the area. That night, he told his girlfriend what had happened, and he was fearful he was in trouble. Who would need such huge toilets? The next day, they both left for work. At night, she came home, and he was not there yet. She never saw him again. His keys, dog, clothing, everything were still at the apartment, but he and his Jeep were missing. Later, the Jeep would be found abandoned out of town. He was never found. Family never found him. There seemed to be little investigation on his disappearance. She waited at the apartment for a year, hoping he'd return. No one heard a word from him. She moved and still never heard a word. Neither did any of his family. And she would tell me the story again and again, very upset and scared. She later moved off and I lost track of her, but never forgot the, her, te- her account and how did she get so upset telling the story to me. Years later, I heard rumors of things going on under Denver. Who knows what's going on and who would use six foot toilets? That's the real mystery. It's, it is a mystery. Like, I don't know. Like, that's a pretty unique and specific story that you wouldn't think would be a real story. Like, that somebody would like bust out yeah. as like something that they try to impress somebody with. It's like a kind of strange story. Um, but I don't know if you, it, 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 it kind of lends credence to some sort of other type of creature being in the mix, which, a lot of people mention aliens and reptilians in the uh in the in their stories but I mean obviously I don't know if this is true but if you scroll down into the comments there's tons of like great commentary on this one and I just never heard of that before like um where while it was being built cuz that's when this thing according to the theory right yeah. that's when this thing would have been buried underneath and uh you know in the late 80s that's like before the airport was fully built so I don't know. Could be, could be that the numbers don't quite match up on the on the dates, but I don't really know. And uh, I don't know. I thought this one was kind of a fun one, um, just because it adds that weird six foot toilet vibe. I don't know. What do you guys think of the? What, what do you think of the six foot toilet? You want to rate this on a Chiluminacho scale? I don't understand what. The, yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel I want to give it a three because it's like a cool story, but I don't know if I be, like the six foot toilet thing like literally matches up with nothing that we know. What would you, airport. what would you guess the six foot toads were for? I don't know, dude, giant humanoids. Like, I don't know. Three, three Chiluminachos from Athens. I'll go with three, but it's a generous three. <laughs> okay. I, I must stress. If you go to this page, please keep reading down below. <laughs> uh, the big takeaway that this is all bullshit to me is that one person posted. I first read this story on Kerry Cassidy's site. Uh, Project Camelot, and then goes into how this is an old story, and people are like, oh yeah, I've seen this story before somewhere else. And then this person says, my ex-boss told me this exact story. And someone was like, your boss said uh, that they found toilets made for giants to piss shit and wash their hands in. He's like, yep, exact description. So I'm. this seems like one of those things people just tell, and this person's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't believe anything I see on the internet. So this, I was like, nah, this is bullshit. And in the comments, people are like, no, nah, this ain't real. This is, I've read this is a story people tell. So I'm going to say this is zero. Uh, there's actually, if you scroll down, a kind of big 
post that has like an older version of the story posted. So it's 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 actually like a slightly better told version of the story uh, that you can read. That's by Wild Knight fifty one ninety in the same thread. Uh, if you want to scroll down, you can look up giant urinals and toilets on the search if you want to read that story. But it's a it's like a it's like a similar version. I picked this one because yeah, the, if you if you start reading the comments, you start to see this is like another meme about the Denver airport that's like kind of emerging, but that they haven't picked up on the main on the main new, like fluff pieces that they write about the Denver airport. You yeah, know what's I actually don't know why. great about this? In the comments, someone says as the people talk about how yeah, I've heard this story before too, but like little things different here and there. And apparently, um, and everyone in the comments is like, this is the book you should read. Apparently, it's a book called The Vanishing Hitchhiker that um, is about the spread and change of urban legends. Hmm. That sounds super interesting. I want to read yeah. that immediately. Urban legends, like, in American culture, I feel like, have taken a very central role in a weird way that they, they haven't in a lot of other places because we're so young of a country that we don't have that much, like myth and legend to us so it's all just like the guy with the hook yeah on the edge of the car at lover's lane it's wild stuff <laughs> yeah here's another uh important part of the red red article that i mentioned earlier uh by nick hinton with three n's and three threes uh, i'll read it for you guys now and then i'll show you what he's talking about on march 12th of this year around one in the morning i was at the denver international airport trying to make my way back home before the pandemic got any worse and while i was there i kept hearing this weird ass shit they were testing different alarms all night, one for a tornado, one for a shooter, etc. They all sounded normal, except for this one. They were all played in a repeating pattern, so I knew when to start recording. Was this a glitch, or was it done intentionally? Can anyone make out what it says? And here's the clip for you guys. It starts about 10 seconds in or so. Sounds like bells yeah that sounds like a tech glitch his voice the voice that comes through is like what it's like it's like an announcement bing bong i think and then the announcement voice but it's just like the speaker's fucked. but it's like so what he's saying just in case you don't understand is he's saying that this loop came on over and over again with a bunch of different announcements that were completely audible Except for this one, which played every time and sounded like this. Yeah. So it's not that the speakers are fucked. It's like, like the other messages are normal, but this one is also playing. Yeah. Weird. That's definitely weird, but I still think it's probably a tech issue. Yeah. So actually, here's a comment on that post from a username that I love, Stakeupson, uh, for Jesse to read uh, right here. Former Den airport worker here. As someone who slept in that airport many times, they regularly test alarms at night, which isn't unusual. But what you're hearing sounds like two separate alarm warnings playing simultaneously. The one I can pretty clearly remember is the threat is no longer in this area. I was about to say that's 100% what it kind of sounded like or something like that. Can't tell what the other one is yet. The swastika runways are incredibly space efficient, but yeah, it definitely feels like they could have gone a different direction as uh, they have so much space. The lowest level, the average person can get to is the train level B1 running alongside the train or a series of tunnels where bag drivers run checked bags to and from the planes. I've slept several times on the floor underneath the train level B2. Down there, you mostly find conveyor belts and piles of scrap metal. The airport was initially designed with a conveyor belt system to transport bags in this area. 
It was actually so fast and efficient, they didn't account for the draft uh, drafting created by the bags, causing massive pileups. And uh, the whole thing was then literally scrapped. I find I did find a gate off ramp that led down from B2 into total darkness. Never saw anyone or anything come up from there. Like OP, this was the first conspiracy that I ever looked into. So I was always fascinated by this, uh, by that airport, which I could have explored more. So that even answers almost about the like unfinished, uh, like tunnels or structures that were built under there, maybe as being like too high draft clogged baggage tunnels. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He addressed a lot of the things that we talked about. I don't know if he's real. Obviously, that's our problem with people from Reddit. But he actually added an edit to that post later also, which I'll have Jesse read too, that like even follows up more on things that people were asking about okay. the airport. And he just answered them. Yeah, it's weird because the last line either sounds like uh, of, of, the, of the weird thing. It either sounds like it's aerial or variable. I can't tell. But it also could be because it's clearly two things overlaid on each other. In the recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edit. Just updating with a small list of random info since so many people are interested. Speculate as you will and enjoy. I work primarily on Concourse C. That is where my hideout was and also where I noticed the blocked off ramp. As far as I know, the current plans to expand the airport include the building of Concourse D. The train already goes that far for storage when not in use, as well as walkways from the main terminal all the way to Concourse D. The current walkway ends at Concourse A. When the airport was built, much of the initial art was phallic in nature. Most of it has since been removed or covered up. The last bit of phallic art I'm aware of is a section of banister on the ticket counter level of the main terminal. Not sure if it's still there since everything is under construction, but the poles of the banister were definitely penises at one point. They've been <laughs> splashed with tie-dye coating of paint in addition to the talking gargoyle mentioned in the comments above. There used to be a pair of gargoyles at each door. The voice box was only added to one gargoyle they left behind. For those unfamiliar with the layout of the airport, the only reason Denver is the second largest airport in the world is because of land area. It is outside the city in the plains of Colorado, very flat. The main terminal is the southernmost building, along with the newly built Weston Hotel. This terminal is where security and ticket counters are. The train starts underneath this terminal to run north in a straight line and stops at each of the three uh, current concourses. If you were to walk the train tunnel, it would be over a mile to get to Concourse C. With Denver's turbulent winds due to the mountains, a swastika pattern for runways really does make a lot of sense. It provides many options for landing and taking off in any direction, while still keeping the design compact. Many pilots love it, but yes, the shape is unfortunate. Again, like, not necessarily a swastika. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really look that swastika, but, it, but I see what they're ish. talking about. I get, I, I, yeah, if you if you draw it and ignore two runways, it is ish. All this to show that just the idea of the scale of this airport and how there could believably be a network of tunnels underneath it, leading all around it, that has a, a totally non nefarious purpose. Uh, you know, and I don't know the Denver airport. I was very excited about doing an airport, uh, an episode on, cause I thought it was going to be wacky and crazy and super mind blowing, but I've kind of just discovered that it's kind of just like a, like a conspiracy themed airport yeah. 
rather than an airport that's like very conspiracy y. So if you want to go there and take a picture of the giant horse dick and post about it on Instagram, go for it. But I think that this is the Denver airport episode done and done. Please buy tickets to our show on December 3rd in Los Angeles. Please sign up for patreon.com slash Chilminati pod and the epic tale of Joe LaRosa, Giuseppe himself, and the order of Meonia continues there next week in the mini-sode, the seven rings of the wraiths part two. Ooh. And remember he- head. Hello him. I mean, what? What? Head, hello, huge, him again, hero. See you on r slash pod. I read it wrong. Don't look into that. Goodbye. Or did I? <laughs> Goodbye. What? <laughs> anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out of here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.